And we are live. Are you there? Michael? I am here. <laughs> Started to talk but forgot to mute. So here we are. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Radio 5G. Michael Henry Dunn here with the um, formidable and uh, amazing Nancy L. Hopkins. Hey, Nancy. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Actually doing terrific. <laughs> terrific. Terrific. Uh, terrific's good. I'll go with terrific. Why not? Yeah, so we've got some pretty interesting uh, material to share today, and um, I'm trying to find it. <coughs> the thing that I just sent to you, Nancy. Um, so It's butterfly. This, you look for the butterfly tab, something that starts with butterfly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to see what I can do here. But anyway... Um, <coughs> So as we know, there's a million things going on. This is, you know, these are historic times that we're in, and we're all trying to figure out what's real. Um, you know, and and behind it all, what's going on uh, is obviously the rollout of the vaccine. Here on Radio 5G, we do still track 5G and the role it plays in all of this, but you know, the if, if you listen to Dr. Christian Northrup when we shared what she had to say, and if you listen to Catherine Austin Fitz, former U.S. Assistant Secretary of the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, about the Great Reset, digital slavery, and how the, uh, the actual nature of the vaccine uh, interacts with all of the other elements – then you begin to get a, a picture of, of what's really going on. You know, obviously, um, on the political level, you know, America is approaching, uh, is in, you know, a, a huge crisis. And we're, you know, we're all trying to figure out, you know, what's real and how to move forward. So one of the things, Nancy's got, got something um, that she wants to share with us all about the um, geopolitical overview. And we'd like to lead off today. Um, this is out of... Um, Charlottesville and um, you know I only just received this this morning and so I'm not able to give you you know the in-depth intro here's the bio about these two interesting people um, obviously very credible very hard information um, concerning we're all being told thank God the vaccine is here everybody line up and what do we expect? Well, when you say the word vaccine, you expect that your immune system is going to be activated by the use of a, you know, killed particle of a living organism. That's what a vaccine is. Activates your immune system so that when that nasty bug comes around, your immune system goes, get out of here, right? And it prevents you from being infectious, right? This is what, when they use the word vaccine, that's what they're pushing, and Moderna and Pfizer's own clinical trials, if you read the fine print, they don't even claim that. So it is, by definition, false advertising. And that means, by definition, they are liable. Their liability under the 1986 Act protecting you know, Big Pharma from getting sued for, for damaging people's health with, with vaccines, that goes away. And this is a huge deal because, as you'll hear at the beginning of this audio, they're saying, look, 
we're quoting from CDC. We're quoting from, from Moderna and, and Pfizer's own material. We're quoting the law. And these are obviously, you know, this guy is, is very well qualified. You can just listen to him. You, you can tell. And so share this because there's going to be an attorney general of some state out there who's going to look at the law and look at how it's been applied. There is a specific Federal Trade Commission action that gets taken on a section of the law that they have used to shut down alternative medical practitioners for decades about unproven practices. Well, guess what? They're foisting an unproven practice on us under the word vaccine, and it's false advertising because it does not meet the legal definition of vaccine. It doesn't make you immune. It doesn't prevent you from being infectious. Moderna has got gene therapy, and it's experimental gene therapy. That's the definition of what their company does. They're not a vaccine company. And another really interesting point, the rollout that's happening, but Operation Warp Speed, right, to, you know, get us all vaccinated ASAP. Well, the contract out there, to roll that up, there's a middleman. There's a middleman company based out of Virginia that has this multi-billion dollar contract. And they're a military contractor. And their other contract with the government is specifically for the rollout of propaganda and misinformation on behalf of the intelligence community. Let that sink in, folks. Okay? So anyway, that's a a little thumbnail uh, of of what we're going to share with you. And then... One that when it's done, you know, Nancy and I will kick it around and then uh, we'll bring in um, some other perspectives Nancy wants to share on on the geopolitical uh, situation. How's that sound, Nancy? Well, I, I'm excited to hear it now that you went through it, because like I say, I didn't have time to listen to it. So are you ready to go? Yeah. If you've got it, have you got it lined up to share? I've got it lined up. All right. Let's hear it, folks. Um, and. It's really worth listening to. Here we go. January 11th, 2021. I at least got the date right got this time. Got the date time, right. We're I? not in December. We're not in December anymore. We've made um, it. Today, hey, by the way, thanks everybody for um, the last six weeks. That, that series mm. has been shared a lot. We've gotten a lot of great feedback. So thank you everybody who has been... We love doing it. Um, a huge part of our six-week series on the integral accounting view of what's next. That's been a really wonderful experience. Today we're diving back into um, Juicy stuff. Some, some, some really important stuff. And there are a number of you who have been asking questions about the status of legal proceedings and so forth. And, and today I'm going to give, uh, give you a little window into a couple of the approaches that are going on in various um, lawsuits. We're not commenting specifically on lawsuits right now that are active and pending simply because that's not just not, a, not an appropriate thing to do, um, other than to say there are active and pending cases. Um, but today is a really weird one, people. Um, and, and I have to say, you know, back in the early 1990s, I was doing clinical trials at the University of Virginia Medical School. And I happen to be working in a very controversial medical technology area called electromagnetic field therapy, or EMF. And historic. Oh, wow. 
See what happened there, Nancy? Where? Um, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It looks like it's. Um, it just stopped playing. Let me let me try setting it again. Okay. Uh boy. I'm not sure what's happening. Just going around and around and around. Okay. Um, why would you say it's not a vaccination? Important stuff and there are a number of you who have been asking questions about the status of legal proceedings and so forth. And and today I'm going to give uh, give you a little window into a couple of the approaches that are going on in various um, lawsuits. We're not commenting specifically on lawsuits right now that are active and pending, simply because that's not just not a not an appropriate thing to do. Um, other than to say there are active and pending cases. Um, but today is a really weird one, people. Um, and, and I have to say, you know, back in the early 1990s, I was doing clinical trials at the University of Virginia Medical School. And I happened to be working in a very controversial medical technology area called electromagnetic field therapy or EMF. And historically, I mean, if you go back, for, for decades, there's been all kinds of disputes around whether or not that technology works or not. Um, and, and so we were doing a multi-center clinical trial for a Japanese company. And I became very aware of section uh, or 15 U.S. Code Section 41, which is part of the Federal Trade Commission Act, that specifically has to do with advertising that a product or service can prevent, treat, or cure human disease unless you possess competent, reliable scientific evidence, including, when appropriate, well-controlled human clinical studies substantiating that the claims are true at the time they're made. So there's a rule under the Federal Trade Commission Act, and it has been used to shut down alternative medicine Mm. for years. Like, you know, people who have been naturopaths, people who have been chiropractors, people who have been in any of the what are considered to be kind of alternative medical spaces have become very familiar with this because it's the way the Federal Trade Commission shuts people down, confiscates materials, confiscates businesses, uh, does some really egregious acts. Mm. And it occurred to me that no one seems to be talking about this when it comes to what is being promoted in the current regime. Um, (laughs) Treatment regime. And and so, so I thought... We're going to take a look into 15 U.S. Code Section 41 today. And the reason for this is twofold. Number one is because it's important. Number two is because I think that we need to call out a very important thing. So there's a a part of the Federal Trade Commission Act, which also has to do with what's called deceptive labeling practices. It's when you use terms or phrases or words where you know that you are using them with an intent to deceive, Hmm. um, deceptive medical practices. And um, so today we're going to take apart a couple of the deceptive medical practices and suggest that if any of you, and this is now a specific challenge, people, listen, we've been doing 39 of these videos. Somebody who's watching this video knows an elected official, somebody watching this video knows a prosecutor 
whether that's a U.S. attorney, whether that's a, a attorney general in a state, somebody in the viewing of this video knows somebody who needs to listen to this video. And I'm going to really encourage you to share this because mm. this is actually super important. Listen, if this law can be applied to shut down people of goodwill who are trying to help other people, it certainly should be equally applied when we know deceptive medical practices are being done in the name of public health. And we're going to get to that. But Kim, let's start off with both of us worked in hospitals. Both of us worked in medical centers. Um, as a condition of employment, you had to have shots, right? Yep, definitely. Had to have shots, had to have hep B and a few others. It was a bit way back in the day. But yeah, we had to have, um, all of us had to have, as to be a nurse, you had to have um, shots done. Yeah. And, and, and you did too, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, at the medical center at the University of Virginia, you know, Hep B was a standard. Mm. If you didn't have Hep B, you know, kind of you had no patient interaction. Yeah. How about when you were running your own business? Did you? No, not when I was running my own business um, because I wasn't employed by a hospital. Um, I did my own assessments with my own group of nurses and um, we didn't have to because I was the boss. Yeah. But but there are people, yeah, I mean, let's just be really people. clear. There are people for whom vaccines and, and various medical measures are, are a requirement yeah. for um, employment. And that's a really interesting problem where you yeah. get forced Very into doing, to doing something. something. You don't want and, to do. and that made me think, um, something's troubled me. And the thing that's troubled me is that both Pfizer and Moderna have been promoting what they call a vaccine. Mm. Now, for those of you who don't really think about it, you have thought about it, because the public thinks that when you say vaccine, one of at least two things is happening. Mm. Um, first is, whatever you're getting is going to keep you from being infected by some sort of pathogen. So yes. that's assumption number one. Assumption number two is that somehow or another, if you get that vaccine, somehow you're doing your public health bit mm -hmm. to make sure that you don't transmit it to other people. Yes. Right? Am I going out on a limb here? No, that's the that's word vaccine kind of means that. And, and, and let's let's go back in history a little bit, shall we? Um, let's go back to 1905 to the very, 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 very famous Jacobson case in Massachusetts. Um, the um, the Supreme Court. 1905, and I'm going to read the quote because I think it's important. This court has more than once recognized as a fundamental principle that persons and property are subjected to all kinds of restraints and burdens in order to secure the general comfort, health, and prosperity of a state. So, so what the Supreme Court in Jacobson said was that the police powers, the public health powers, were legitimate if they secured the general comfort, health, and prosperity of the state. Mm. That implies that the individual benefit is superseded by a collective benefit. Mm -hmm. That somehow or another, the individual is not the point when it comes to public health laws. It's about the community. Mm -hmm. Which would then suggest that to meet a vaccine public health standard and quite frankly a vaccine public health definition something about either you are immune from getting a pathogen or and potentially and you are not going to 
transmit the pathogen must be part of what lives inside that definition. Yes. That's couldn't be straight more straightforward than the Supreme Court of the United States 1905, which, by the way, happens to be a decision that I have yet to even meet many attorneys who have bothered reading it. They talk about vaccine litigation, but I haven't heard many that can actually quote the majority opinion out of Jacobson, which is a very dangerous problem that we have. But here's where it gets more interesting. So so when Moderna was started, and if you go back and look at their SEC filings, and we've gone through all their SEC filings, they make a point of saying that their technology is a gene therapy technology. Gene therapy technology. Mm. You'll notice that they don't say vaccination. They actually say gene, gene therapy, therapy technology. And it was set up to be a cancer treatment. So this is gene therapy chemotherapy. Mm. Now, let's just stop for a minute. Let's just ask the question. If Anthony Fauci got up and said to everybody, hey, we want you to take chemotherapy for the disease that you may or may not ever have. Who'd put their hand up for that? There wouldn't be a single person raising their hand. The prophylactic chemotherapy. You wouldn't be doing it. You know why you wouldn't be doing it? Because it's a dumb idea. That's why you wouldn't be doing it. And it's toxic. And... States wouldn't be able to mandate it, and employers wouldn't be able to mandate it. No employer would be able to mandate a chemotherapy for a disease that you don't have. Mm. That would not be a legal thing to do. But they called their technology gene therapy technology. They made a big point of saying that this was not investigational new drugs. This was gene therapy technology. This belonged in the Center for Biologics, potentially even the CDRH, the Center for Device and Radiologic Health, Because, let's think about what they actually do. And by the way, this is super important. All the references are going to be in this video on the YouTube channel. And I'm going to put a bunch of the references actually in the comments section on Facebook Live so that you can go see this yourself. But what they're doing is they're putting together a synthetic fragment of nucleic acid. It's not mRNA. It's not natural. It's not even a natural component of a fragment. It's a synthetic fragment. It's a technology embedded within a fat carrier, uh, a a peg carrier, and and that is being introduced into the cell not to induce a immunity from infection with a SARS-CoV virus, and it's not to block transmission of it. It's actually to lessen symptoms associated with the S1 spike protein not even the virus itself. So it, it gets better and, and or worse, depending on your point of view. The fact of the matter is this thing is actually not a vaccination. Very now, cool. why would I say it's not a vaccination? People go, Dave, um, why would you say it's not a vaccination? Well, let's look at the legal standard for what a vaccination is. And let's start with the Center for Disease Control's own definitions. Why not start with the people who run the racket? Why not? Two important operative definitions. Immunity is protection from an infectious disease. Protection from an infectious disease. If you are immune to a disease, you can be exposed to it without becoming infected. Now, by definition, neither Pfizer nor Moderna even claims that to be the case. That's 
straight up, not their definition. So, immunity, you can be exposed to a pathogen, infectious disease, without becoming infected. Not only is that not the case, we're going to get to this in a minute, but in their clinical trials, they specifically say they're not going to test that. So, (laughs) stay with me on that. And then the CDC says a vaccine is a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity, see the definition above, to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. And then it says vaccines are usually administered through needle injections, but also can be administered by mouth and sprayed in the nose. Now, that's the CDC. So let's just stipulate for the sake of this conversation that the CDC's own definition and what Pfizer and Moderna are doing do not match. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you should be thinking somewhere in this video, hold on a second. If this isn't a vaccine, why are they calling it a vaccine? Big question. That's a question you should be thinking in your head because we're going to come to that in a second. But I thought, okay, CDC CDC is not the law. CDC is an expression of a agency empowered by the law, but it's actually not the law. Mm. So why don't we actually look at the laws where vaccine has been defined? And it turns out that's a much harder exercise than you would think. Because vaccine, the term, is actually not a legally defined term in an enormous number of statutes that govern vaccines, which is actually Mm. a really interesting thing. But let's look at some examples, and I just pulled a couple examples from the Iowa Code. Vaccine, and I'm quoting, means a specially prepared antigen administered to a person for the purpose of providing immunity. Immunity, once again, immunity. the That's operative the definition, mm-hmm. which is to say that when exposed to a pathogen, you are not susceptible. That's the Iowa Code. How about Washington State? You know, the state that has been absolutely tyrannical in all of its interventions around coronavirus, allegedly the the birthplace of the U.S. experience with coronavirus, um, state of Washington, vaccine, legally defined term now, this is in the statute, means a preparation of a killed or attenuated living microorganism or fraction thereof. Just, Just stop right there. Vaccine means a preparation of a killed or attenuated living microorganism. Stop right there. And Mm. mRNA synthetically developed by Moderna and Pfizer do not meet this definition. Or a fraction thereof. It's not a fraction of a living thing or a killed thing because it's neither living nor killed. They are explicitly synthetic gene therapies. They are not vaccines as defined by the statute. That upon administration stimulates immunity, there we have it again, that stimulates immunity, meaning that you do not get a thing when exposed to that pathogen, right? Yep. That protects us against disease and is approved by the Federal Food and Drug Administration as safe and effective. Now, that's the state of Washington statute. And by the way, across the board, that's the definition of vaccine, which means Immunity is a defined term. Vaccine is a defined term. But here comes a really big problem. The big problem is that if we look at the clinical trials that were approved for what was called the the SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 vaccine program under the Operation Warp Speed, 
Listen very carefully to what the primary endpoint is. The primary endpoint is the prevention of symptomatic COVID-19 disease. Now, let's pause and unpack that. Starting with COVID-19 disease. As you all know, if you've been watching this show at all, you know that in February, the World Health Organization and the CDC and the Department of Health and Human Services made a very clear distinction. They wanted to make sure that COVID-19, which was a series of clinical symptoms, which included things like fever, muscle pain, aches, um, loss of smell, um, certain radiologic findings in the lungs, a whole host of things. There's a laundry list of, of things that all got subsumed within this thing called COVID-19, which, by the way, has been now redefined as to pick, which is pneumonia, influenza, COVID <laughs> as a combined <laughs> set of things so that we can catch more people mm-hmm. allegedly dying of this thing. But COVID-19 disease is actually not a disease. It is a set of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And they were very clear on this, by the way. They tried to make a causal statement. They tried to say SARS-CoV-2 causes COVID-19, but then there was a tiny problem. Most of the people who tested positive using the RT-PCR method had no clinical presentation, (laughs) which means you can't make a causal statement. You can't say the virus causes a disease Because unfortunately, most people with a positive PCR test for a fragment of what was called SARS-CoV-2 didn't have any problem. In fact, well over 80% had no problem. Which then leads us to the question of, okay, so we can't say it's causal, but it's more problematic than this. The primary endpoint for the vaccine trial was actually not a vaccine endpoint. A vaccine endpoint has to do with immunity And a vaccine endpoint has to do with transmissibility, and neither of those were measured. And it gets worse. And I'm quoting right now, straight out of Moderna's own statement. Key secondary endpoints include prevention of severe COVID-19 disease and prevention of infection by SARS-CoV-2. But here comes a tiny little problem. By their own admission in their clinical study, it was, and I'm quoting, impractical to measure infection. That's right. You heard me correctly. Impractical. It's impractical to measure infection. So there is no evidence inside the phase three clinical trials that any of the gene therapy had anything to do with the infection or not of SARS-CoV-2. You cannot have a vaccination It's not under the legal definition of vaccination. You cannot have a vaccination that is, in fact, not meeting either an immune or a transmission standard. Mm. And their clinical trial was set up specifically so that it could not measure either of those things. Mm. (laughs) And then let's quote, shall we, from the New England Journal of Medicine and from The Lancet. And this is October and this is December, respectively. And I'm just going to go ahead and read this quote. At the time of this writing, no correlate of protection from SARS-CoV-2 has been established. 
Maybe you misheard what I just said. <laughs> that needs repeating. As of this writing, no correlative protection for SARS-CoV-2 has been established. In other words, not a shred of evidence from the clinical trials said anything about protection from infection with SARS-CoV-2, which means every single person who has value signaled their vaccination because they're doing their part not to be infected with SARS-CoV-2 and not to get COVID-19, newsflash, you have been violating the Federal Trade Commission Act by deceptive practices. You've been telling people that there is a protection that the data itself does not afford. Fantastic. Hey, <coughs> but maybe that was just one report. So why don't I Is read from the second report? And I quote, <coughs> and this is Lancet and New England Journal of Medicine, quote, no existing vaccines have been shown to be effective against infection with any beta coronavirus. The family that includes SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19. There you go, black and white. People, this isn't my opinion. This is not me selectively choosing to take a spin on facts. This is, in fact, fact. Which then begs the question, Kim, what would motivate <laughs> Pfizer and Moderna and, more importantly, Felonious Fauci? Felonious Fauci. The unsavory is The unsavory. What would motivate them and CDC and others to lie to the American people about this mm -hmm. being a vaccine? Because vaccines, in the ordinary course of the use of that term, invokes within the listener a presumption of protection yes. against infection and protection mm -hmm. against yep. transmission, neither of which I have been established at all. Why would they use the term vaccine? And here's where we have to depart from the facts and we have to go into conjecture because that's the only thing we have available to us. As recently as 2018, Moderna was insisting that they were not making vaccinations. They were insisting that this is gene therapy technology and it was cutting edge and it was all this kind of nonsense. And suddenly, courtesy of SARS-CoV-2, it suddenly became a vaccine, vaccine. company. It wasn't a vaccine Magic. company before. It's not a vaccine company now. It's a gene therapy technology company with an unproven gene therapy. That's what it is. So one has to ask the question, okay, so why, why do we keep hearing about vaccines? Ah, well, here's the reason I think we keep hearing about, about vaccines. And once again, my opinion here, people, this is not based on information that I have readily available but it is my opinion. I think that if Anthony Fauci, if Moderna, if Pfizer and if others, public health authorities around the country and around the world, actually called this gene therapy chemotherapy, number yes. one, be realistic. people wouldn't want to take it. And they wouldn't want to take it for a good reason. Mm -hmm. Because experimental gene therapy is a bad idea no matter who it is, no matter when it is, no matter where it is. Experimental gene therapy should not be relentlessly and recklessly distributed to a population. That shouldn't happen. So that's number one. But number two is the 1986 liability exclusion. And this is what I think it really is. See, as long as 
Doc, Mr. Sorry, I almost said Doctor. Mr. Alexand- Alex Emazar, the the director or the uh, secretary of Department of Health and Human Services. As long as Alex Azar keeps the state of emergency going, as long as every governor and every mayor and every unelected official keeps the state of emergency going, under emergency use authorization rules, liability is a shield that's afforded to people like Pfizer and Moderna mm-hmm. and others. So they're making billions of dollars on the back of something for which they have no liability. No but if this was not a vaccine, then all of a sudden the liability shield would vanish because there is not a liability shield under the 1986 Act for a medical countermeasure that is gene therapy, Mm. which means we're probably having governors and the Health and Human Services and CDC and others Maintaining the illusion of a state of emergency, not because there's a state of emergency. They're maintaining it because it maintains the illusion of the liability shield. Mm -hmm. Remember Mm -hmm. that if you suspended the state of emergency today, like, I don't know, if you're the governor of South Dakota and you ever have anybody who remotely cares about this matter listening to this video, lift the state of emergency because on the day you do it, RT-PCR can't be used because RT-PCR is not a diagnostic. It has never been approved and it does not and cannot diagnose and treat a disease, which means every time Bloomberg, Gates Foundation and Zuckerberg Foundation COVID-19 dashboard reports that there is another case of COVID-19 because of a positive RT-PCR test, they are violating the 15 U.S. Code Federal Trade Commission Act. You cannot diagnose a thing that cannot diagnose a thing. That's a misrepresentation. That is a deceptive practice under the Federal Trade Commission Act. Mm. And they're liable for deceptive practices because it turns out you do not have a waiver of liability under deceptive practices, even in a state of emergency. So maybe the reason why they're calling it a vaccine is because they can count on the fact that neither you nor I will ever have this video. You and I will never do this independent inquiry. You and I will never ask the question, is it possible that the entirety of what Operation Warp Speed was, was nothing but propaganda, which leads me to my conclusion. Some of you know this, some of you don't, but Operation Warp Speed has a middleman, and the middleman is a company called ATI, a defense contractor out of North Carolina. And it turns out that that defense contractor is the one that clears the billions of dollars of orders for vaccine, and that defense contractor is the one that then is supposed to be controlling the rollout of the vaccines, which has been a total train wreck, um, even setting aside all of the ethical, legal, moral obligations of the things that we just talked about. But ATI also has another contract, also with the Department of Defense and other government agencies. And that contract is for propaganda and misinformation. Hmm. Wow. Propaganda and misinformation. 
Hold on a minute. A company. You mean just that the for company that. that actually got the contract to officially manipulate public media to officially convey the propaganda of the United States government? You mean that company yeah. is also the company in charge of Operation Warp Speed, Dave? Is that what you're saying? And the answer is you got it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Boom. This thing does not stink like rotten fish because I'm making up some sort of stench. It stinks like rotten fish because it, it is, is rotten fish. That's why it smells of rotten fish. That's why you have to share this. So, listen, there. this is a pretty straightforward situation. You're being lied to. Your own government is violating its own laws. 15 U.S. Code is not my interpretation. They have thrown this book at more people than I can count. They have shut down practitioners around the country time and time again for violating what are called deceptive practices and medical claims. Guess what? They're doing exactly that thing right now. You need to send this video to your U.S. attorney in your state. You need to send this to your attorney general in your state. You need to actually do something with this video. Don't just share it among your friends. Don't preach to the converted. This is a violation of federal statutes perpetrated by defense contractors, by gene therapy companies, not vaccine manufacturers, by gene, gene therapy, therapy companies who are doing experimental trials and doing them under deceptive medical practices. That's what this is. And by the way, every statement that I have made before I went to my opinion, and my opinion is pretty grounded because if you really examine why I think that the liability shield is the point, look at how many times the Department of Defense wanted to confirm that they were shielded under the Immunity Act of the Emergency Use Authorization. They would not play this game if they didn't get yep. the liability shield, and that liability shield came from the Emergency Use Authorization. So... We're very, very, very desperately in need right now as a civilization to make sure we interrupt this. And the reason is because real people are being harmed. Mm -hmm. Real people are actually right having now. significant side effects. Some people may, in fact, be dying. The doctor in Florida who two weeks after receiving the vaccine dropped over dead, very healthy guy, a couple days after he got the vaccine, started having splotches and blotches and everything else, and then at the end of two weeks, died. His death is being investigated. Are you ready for this? By the CDC and by Pfizer. That's like asking a bank robber to investigate their own bank heist. It's insane. It is beyond insane, people. And it's time for each one of you not to just like this, not to just share this, but send it to law enforcement in your state because somebody, somewhere out there in these 50 states is going to actually care about following the law. Somebody is. Or this is not America. Yes. It's on you. Do something with this. I'm doing the work. You can help me carry the burden. So make sure you share this, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks Thank very much. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay, this is um, called Butterfly of the Week, 11 January 2021. So I find that interesting. Um, that is so it just you know right yesterday, yes, two days ago, hidden in plain sight. 
and it's on the YouTube station David Martin World. But I suspect this sucker is going to come down. <laughs> so well, yeah. let me see if I can find a website or something more here just to put in. Um, okay, he's got a yeah. It's a uh, David Martin World. Oh, David Martin. David Martin. Dot world slash W. I don't even know what this is. I thought it was a simple link at first. Okay, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get the we'll get the link. the link. We'll get the links um, to the, this information too, because if you lose the link to the video, you don't even know what video was up there that they took down. So you can't go to the the discussion and say, "Oh, okay, let me go here and see if I," you know. No, when they take a video down, all you got is this video has been taken down and nothing more. So. Um, We'll make sure that that information is in there too. That was a phenomenal presentation. Yeah, and you know, it it's going to be pretty hard. I mean, I, I expect it will be taken down. I hope not, but you know, all he's doing is is quoting legal definitions of of what a vaccine is. You know, quoting the the precedent from 1905. You know, quoting the section of the FTC that's been used to shut down alternative practices, he's linking these things in a very common sense way. But you know, making the claim that this is disinformation, false. Our facts checkers have reviewed this and found that it violates our community standards. Well, <clears throat> you know that that's a pretty hard definition to make. But once again, just like with the vaccines, they've got no liability for taking this guy down. All they need to say is, hey. You know, we're YouTube. We're we're a you know corporation held by our shareholders, and <clears throat> we've decided this violates our community standards. And you know, we're not a public utility. We're a corporation. We get to do what we think is good for us. Yeah. Well, okay, for your you know corporate puppeteers. So um, yeah. So we're we're gonna have the the full link. And I applaud this guy. I haven't heard of him before, David Martin. Um, you know, it sounds like he has a very solid medical background, but it doesn't matter. Like he says, hey, this isn't – until he gets to the end where he's making, okay, folks, this has all been fact so far. Now let's – here's my opinion, my conjecture based on this. You know, the, the little minor detail that the middleman company that has been, you know, assigned the, the rollout of Operation Warp Speed is also the company that does propaganda and misinformation. Oh, that's significant. Because that's all that this ends up being, and it's massive. It's the biggest propaganda campaign in history. And that exhortation he gives us at the end, he says, "Hey, don't just send, share this with your friends. You know, preaching to the choir of the people who already know about this stuff. You know, send it to prosecutors, send it to attorney generals, send it to politicians. You know, send it. Hey, you know, this is hard fact, folks, and people are being harmed, and these are fraudulent practices by any." definition of of the law and and section 15 of the ftc so um this is one of the best things i've heard you know in terms of because nancy you know i think about when we had that tape from dr christian northrup um in which she said look i'm you know here is what the vaccine really contains it is like they were saying here moderna is a you know a gene therapy company and this is an uh, you know, a, an experimental gene therapy 
you know, chemotherapy treatment has nothing to do with, with COVID. <clears throat> and she talked about how it, you know, mutates our genes, how it harms us, what it's really made of. Here is what it really is and is in the literature from, you know, Pfizer and Moderna. Here is why you absolutely should not take it. And she said, you know, in terms of politics, she said, I am now a one issue voter. I don't care what else you believe in or what party you come from. You either understand this existential threat to humanity and are willing to vote on that basis or you don't because everything else goes away. Red, blue, right, left, you know, all of it goes away when, you know, you, you look at this core threat and then you add in Catherine Austin Fitz and, you know, the Great Reset and the digital slavery that's coming and, oh, well, if you don't take this experimental gene chemotherapy that we're calling a vaccine, well, you know, we, have, we now control your bank account because currency's gone away. You know, we now control your ability to travel because you won't get, be able to get on an airplane unless you take this. You know, so to me, when I look at all the chaos and confusion and division going on, um, and I ask myself, who does this benefit? As long as we are at each other's throats and, you know, we won't focus on this and they get away with it, and the fear environment gets worse and more people, you know, just want to do what daddy government says. No, I, you know, I'm a good citizen. Don't worry. I'm not contagious because I took my vaccine. The companies that make the vaccine don't actually claim that it will either make you immune or prevent you from transmitting it. It's a lie. So, you know, if, if my fervent hope is that, you know, we can somehow cut through all this divisiveness going on and just say, okay, let's look at some some core values that we all share for the welfare of our families, for American freedom as you know we used to know it, as Nancy and I grew up with it, and you know, not buy into this because this is you know this this is what really matters, folks. This is what they're really doing under the cover of all this division. If you look at, you know, the big overarching agenda, it's to make us fight each other so that we don't see through. You know, don't look at the man in that booth behind the curtain. This is what it's about. So, you know, th th this is why I am just extremely suspicious of, you know, who's pulling the puppet strings on you know, the Civil War 2.0 that people are pushing. So anyway, that's my two cents, Nancy. You, you got some things to share about well, this? Well, I, I just, I, I went down, <clears throat> thankfully, he's, he's like me. He's put a whole bunch of references. The things that he was referencing, you can get links to down there. And if you, he's, he's written a book, um, Lizards Eat Butterflies. And you can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, David Martin, lizards eat butterflies. Um, so I don't know anything about it, of course. But um, this guy really puts it together. But the, we we come back to the, to the same problem: that if we were still within the the clutches of the dark side, y you have to have so much money. See, this is what they bet on. 
is that you have to have so much money to bring any kind of a legal case out there that even if he can figure it out, even if he can talk to, you know, I think he's got 15,000 on this or something, um, people, none of us have the money to do this nor the ability to uh, come together and organize to fight this. And so, yes, it's, it's, it's an ironic situation in that the very... It's like you've got two sides of, of the government, you know, and you hope that there's, there is a white side because if you, the only people that can help you out are the attorneys, are the, you know, the people that are within the system. And yet we're watching this system that is, is just, it's not working. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the things that are happening court-wise. So you you look at that kind of a situation and you go, gee, I hope there's another scenario going on because personally, I would I you know people, please pay attention to this. Don't let them put this shit in your arm. You know. Now I can go the woohoo way and say, <clears throat> well, you know, there may be another story to the to you know. I think that I I I believe that there is. A, a certain point at which the, let's say the E.T. brothers, the family of E.T.s, step in and stop something that is absolutely so evil, so illegal. So I'm hoping that, you know, and, and one of the reasons that I'm saying this is, how come there's like millions and millions of doses that are being thrown out? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know? In, in New York City, I mean, or New York State, the whole thing, it's like millions of doses thrown out. By, by whom? Why? By the government, because they weren't, they weren't getting them out fast enough. I don't oh, know they, the specifics oh. of it, but I know that the, you, to be able to uh, use this stuff, it has to be at an extreme cold. And but whatever that, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not another one of those, oh, my God, New York, what is the matter with you? And you know, uh, it was it was supposedly because of of the way that they were putting out the the shots, and you know, so oh, we we didn't give everybody a shot, but we've taken them out of the freezer thing. Well, we just have to throw them away, millions of them. Well, that's good news. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So um, don't go freaking out. As you know, I mean, I just don't take it. Don't get into a terrible fight with your family because. You know, in a 3D way, in a 3D realm, you do everything you can, but we don't live in a 3D realm. We live in a spiritual realm, and we occupy 3D space. So we can make, we can make changes. It's like this friend of mine, she, she, her, her family had taken the vaccine, and so she wanted to take it. So whatever happened to them would happen to her. I said, who's going to save them? You know, because we're spiritual beings. You know, you, we, you, me, everybody, we can put out this, you know, no, no. We don't buy into it, break all contracts to this scenario, this story. No, this story's done. Toast. You know, and, and put that energy out because right now everything is happening in so many different ways, on so many different levels that, you know, a good portion of the people that I listen to have said, okay, I'm going to make the popcorn. And what do they mean by that? It means I'm going to, I'm going to just sit back. I've done what I can right. do. 
I've done my job. I can't do anything more except back, take a little popcorn in, watch the show, and put out the concept of a very, very, very good ending. And just so what put do you out think? That. I mean, is that, you know, that stance? Say I mean, I, so what do you think of that popcorn choice? I mean, you know. So when I, I mean, make, I was certain. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. You know, it's like, yes, I'm doing radio shows. And, you know, I mean, I am still doing this. But I don't bother to try to explain to somebody why they shouldn't take the vaccine. I had a friend of mine, she said, um, so, you know, with real concern, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. Why? And she said, well, you know, the Trump thing. And I said, oh, I know what's happening. I'm fine. And I never said another word. You know, I wasn't going to pursue it, and she looked like I I could have. I, no, you know, you had your choice. You had your choice. You took you took the 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 way of thinking that I didn't know what I was talking about, and you listened to people that you shouldn't have been listening to. And okay, that's fine. But I I'm not I'm done. I'm done trying to explain to people. You know, you gotta do. You know, no. We present the information, just like David Martin and and his wife or whatever. Um, presented the information if you see it then you're meant to see it and you make the choice to either act on it or not yeah you know so i mean i'm in a, it's free will universe i've done everything i can do i'm still doing my job but i've done everything i could i could think to do to make a really good ending to this story and i yeah. i'm fully i'm fully confident that the ending is a is is unbelievably more than we can even imagine. So good, so good. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that, Nancy. And it's it's a real challenge, you know, like in that moment you're describing there, where this friend asks you, um, you know, it's a real challenge for me anyway. Say, okay, use your intuition, Michael, and look down the pathway of this conversation. Just do a little timeline. You know, inspection. Take a quick second. Where's this going to go? What good is going to be accomplished? Is this going to end up being divisive? Do I run the risk of like losing a friend who's watching a different movie than me if I go down here right now? You know, or can I just, you know, say something like, well, you know, we all want the same things for our families. And hey, you know, as long as we're Obeying the golden rule and using our discernment and just be willing to, you know, do your own research, use your own discernment. Say something, you know, along those lines um, in order to avoid exacerbating the division and the fear, which is so heavily in the air right now. And it's it's tough because there are sometimes, you know, sometimes it, I mean, this is what's happening all over. Sometimes it's it's your loved ones. It's your coworkers, it's your colleagues, it's it's your fellow sacred activists who are, you know, experiencing bitter division with each other over what's going on. And um, you know, it's a it's a very delicate challenge. Um, and I, you know, um, I haven't done as well as I could have with it, frankly, you know, and. Um, and so, like you, it's like okay. Uh, I'm not going to try to make any converts, but hey, here we are on Radio 5G. I mean, you know, what are we doing? Well, 
Okay, we got an audience out there. It's not huge, but they're important people. You folks out there are, you know, in tune. You're aware. It could get shared. It have ripple effects. I'm still doing this, you know. I'm still doing Blue Star Rising with Reverend Maya, you know, sharing sacred science about how to turn the corner on everything that's going on. Um, and it's it's tricky because you know I've gotten into fights with friends whom I love uh, about what's going on these days and it pushes my buttons you know i'm a i'm a rule of law guy i'm a restoration of justice guy i spent five years of my life working on a new international court of human rights and you know this is something i'm passionate about and to be able to discern to see through the disinformation and the psyops that the puppeteers practice on us in order to keep us at each other's throats that can be very tricky you know, and I don't pretend to have all the answers, but man, yeah, I get I get triggered because I love this country and I, I love what it stands for, you know, or it stood for, and uh, you know, my I'm the, I'm a descendant of Irish immigrants who came here to flee British oppression and who you know um, fought for this country. So anyway, we're coming up on our hour break here, right, Nancy? Yes, we are, and I'm going to play Hunter Hayes, Invisible, because I, I think it's the messaging that we, we need to understand is that we are the power. All that other stuff is people who were playing the game because we, we had a better thing to do. We wanted to live life. We didn't want to you know, get involved in all that control and breed. We were just living life. And, of course, on top of that, they put in all the things that make you have to work to live life so you're, you, you never have the time to look at this stuff. They fill us with so much information that it's, it's like overwhelming. There's no way that you know, and everybody's lying. Now, there are people telling the truth, too, but there's an awful lot of, on either side, that there's a lot of disinformation. So, you know, what do we, what, what do, we do? Because we don't understand our own power. And this song, to me, represents, you know, where some of us might feel right now. But just hang in there, because in the end, you know, the song will explain it. So it's four and a half minutes. We'll be right back. Okie dokie. All right, and we are back. back. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I've got you muted. Sorry. Yes, I do. Okay, here they go. should have muted myself. I realized my speaker's All on. All right. <laughs> we are back, right? We're back. Hello, everybody, back on uh, Radio 5G, Michael Henry Dunn and Nancy Hopkins. So, yeah, this is, uh, we're, you know, we're dealing with this challenge of, all right, we've just shared with you, you know, a really important and valuable video from David Martin. And he's urging all of us to not just share it among the choir, you know, those of us who already know a lot of this stuff, but to share it with, you know, prosecutors um, attorney generals, politicians, there are laws that have been that are being violated by the vaccine rollout by Operation Warp Speed. Um, Federal Trade Commission, you know, Section 15, that deceptive practices. Um, it's all very cut and dried, and uh, by by CDC's own definitions, by Pfizer and and Moderna's own definitions, this is not a vaccine. It will not make you immune. It will not prevent transmissibility. And the, you know, the clinical trials were not even designed 
to test that. And it, this is um, this is a you know this is being rolled out. The middleman doing the rollout of Operation Warp Speed also is a defense contractor who also handles the disinformation and propaganda campaigns for the U.S. government. And to me, you know, <laughs> I think it's a big fundamental violation of American values to have a department of disinformation and propaganda, which is specifically – this isn't about, you know – flying leaflets over Berlin to say, hey, we're the good guys. We're going to drop some food for you. This is about propaganda to the American people, misinformation to, you know, to influence and mislead the American people. And that's who's rolling out Operation Warp Speed. So, you know, and then we're talking about, okay, do we do we go the popcorn route? You know, make some popcorn, sit back and, and watch the show now. Done my part. You know, so, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, 1861 when the Civil War began. You know, there was there was a, a party, a political party called the Know Nothing Party. And they actually took that name. They were in the late 1850s. And their stance was, look. Everybody's agitating the slavery question. You know, you got the Democrats in the South who, you know, are defending slavery. And now you got this new Republican Party in the North who wants to prevent it spreading to the territories. All this agitation is just so upsetting to our to our country. We're not going to take a stance. We're the know nothing party. We're just going to, you know, let's just keep on going here. You don't need to stir things up and get up, get people all upset. We're the know nothings. Well, come April of 1861. You know, that was no longer tenable. And then, you know, as, as the war progressed, it, it, you, you couldn't remain neutral. You couldn't sit back with your popcorn. And when we're sharing with you what we're sharing, you know, it's about humanity. It's not about red, blue, left, right, you know, Trump, Biden. It's about humanity. What is the course that we can take for human freedom and the restoration of our democratic traditions in America that is going to enable us to stop this. Because this, you know, you listen to Catherine Austin Fitz and Christian Northrup and, you know, and Blue Star Rising and Radio 5G. You know, there are tools in our hands, steps we can take without demonizing half the country as, you know, either, you know, wacko cultists on one side or, you know, uh, traitorous communists on the other. Um, you buy into that, and you are buying into the puppeteer's agenda of setting us at each other's throats so that we do not see through this and unite against the agenda. So this is, you know, um, this is our big challenge right now. And I know it's really hard because uh, because of the volatility and the potential for more violence and that endless question we're all facing now, what's real? What's true? Which movie do I watch? You know, one side, both sides are saying the same thing. Those poor, deluded deniers on the other side, how can they possibly believe this BS? This is what, you know, both sides as an article of faith. And is it possible that the truth lies somewhere in the middle, you know, in the eyes of God? That's kind of what I'm going with, and I'm doing my best to try to discern, okay, is there, you know, what's real? So... Um, 
let, I don't let, know. Let, let, let me give a. This, this is so ironic to me, because the title of this video it's uh, ten minutes long, but it's it's it, it'll set the stage for why we got to where we got. And the title of it is 1984. They tried to warn us. So, with your permission, I'd just like to play this. Sure. Who are we listening to? Well, I think I tell you in the beginning of the tape, so I'll just play it. Okay. Okay. Okay, this is a, a, a video. Um, they tried to warn us. Lost video from 1984. It's on UGETUBE.com. com. And the studio is Killer Boy, boy spelled B-O-I. Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. In order to truly understand why America is the way it is right now, you have to go back in time. You have to look a little deeper. The situation is far more complicated than they make it out to seem. So many people have asked me, why is this happening? How is it possible that one incident in Minneapolis can cause rioting all across the world? We're seeing riots in France, we're seeing riots in England, we're seeing riots all across Europe, and of course, all throughout the United States. So what is the reason for this? Well, before we get into this interview from 1984, I'm going to leave you with some words from Malcolm X. This was recorded in 1963. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks or tokenism, false promises of integration and civil rights. In this game of deceiving and using the American Negro, the white liberals have complete cooperation of the Negro civil rights leaders who sell our people out for a few crumbs of token recognition, token gains, token progress. Now that you heard what Malcolm X has to say about this situation, let's take a look at this 1984 interview with Yuri Bezmenov. He was a defector from the KGB, and he has some insights as to what's going on today. Check this out. Yuri Alexandrovich Bezmenov. Mr. Bezmenov was born in 1939 in a suburb of Moscow. He was the son of a high-ranking Soviet army officer. He was educated in the elite schools inside the Soviet Union and became an expert in Indian culture and Indian languages. He had an outstanding career with Novosti, which was the, and still is, I should say, the press arm or the press agency of the Soviet Union. It turns out that this is also a front for the KGB. He escaped to the West in 1970 after becoming totally disgusted with the Soviet system, and he did this at great risk to his life. He certainly is one of the world's outstanding experts on the subject of Soviet propaganda and disinformation and active measures. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. 
when uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriyatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. 
This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, the, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice Bishop was, he was already a Marxist. He was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karman with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Mujibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. The, the time bomb is ticking, but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect. What did you think about that? Was it accurate? Does it make sense now? If you haven't already done so, please leave a comment below and let us know what you think. And don't forget to hit that like button. And please share this video with everybody you know. And until next time, thank you all for watching and God bless you all. So there you go. Seems all right, like so that was 37, yeah, 37 years ago. Oh, it's right? creepy, so that's amazing it? stuff. Isn't yeah, it's it? very creepy. And the yeah. fact it was 1984. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for those Orwellians out there who, yeah, right. who read the book. Right. Yeah. So is it your take then, Nancy, that, okay, that's 37 years ago. Reagan was president, right? This is obviously before the election. He's talking about Mondale. And, you know, Mondale got crushed in the election, as we know. And um, so it's 37 years ago, Soviet Union falls, Russian Federation replaces it, you know, the FSB replaces the KGB, but it's, you know, a lot of the same people. Well, you know, the success of this propaganda program, this destabilization, demoralization program that this you know, obvious expert is talking about, well, what would he have said? This is 1984. What would, what, I'm curious to know what did this guy say? In 1989 and 1990, when, you know, the Berlin Wall fell, the Iron Curtain fell, the Soviet Union dissolved, right? Um, I mean, was that his vision of the great, enormous success that Comrade Andropov would never have believed it could go so quickly? You know, um, <clears throat> you know, history took a very different route, as we know. So, you know, what intrigues me is, 
hey, this was your area of expertise. You were, you know, Soviet counterintelligence above top secret U.S. Army intelligence, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, and that was in the 70s and then you left the army. So you probably had a pretty good idea. You know, so like fast forward to today. Okay. So in terms of the demoralization and the destabilization and the crisis, all we got to do is look around. You know, that the people don't know what's real and they won't believe what's real until they themselves are locked up in a concentration camp and being tortured. And then they go, oh, holy crap. Uh, I believed in a lie all these years. Right. So, you know, the the um, I mean, so is the idea is that, oh, OK, well, now it's just China has successfully achieved what this guy is describing Russia succeeding at. Uh, you know, up to 1984. Is that what you're seeing? I'm seeing that the uh, Chinese simply used a, a, a tactic of warfare, that the Russians had, in my opinion, you know, almost perfected. Now, the problem was that, and it's kind of an interesting situation in that Yes, that was true of what they were doing to America, and they were focused on America. But you've got the Soviet Union, which is what we think of as Russia and Ukraine and, you know, the different federations that are there now. But it was one under one government. And then they were associated with the Warsaw countries. And then on the other side, you had the United States and the NATO countries. So... What happened was information in that case. They didn't have an Internet. They were being really kept in the dark, okay? They didn't have access to alternative thinking. Well, I can tell you right now that, you know, with the control over the mass media, that's true here. I used to say, you know, that that uh, Pravda, Pravda means truth, but everybody in Russia knows there's no truth in it. And here, we didn't know there was no truth in the mass media. So they're all getting the same perspective. Their reality is one being presented by that group of people. What is really, really uh, changed is that, well, and how that happened was the fax machine. I told this story. This was my business, you know, at that time, is that the fax machine came out, and they didn't realize that this could be a printer, a copier, and all those things, printer, copier, anything that would be able to get information to the people was highly controlled, but they didn't tweak on the on the fax machine. And so within a matter of virtually days, somebody figured out the fax machine could tell the people the truth, and so that's what they did, and that was particularly in Poland. That's how it started. But they all used that technique to be able to tell people to wake them up suddenly. Now, today, we've got everybody's talking to everybody. So you're being overwhelmed by information, and you have to make a choice. Who are you going to listen to? And I've said this before. Somebody's going to brainwash you. It might as well be you. Your uh -huh. mind is going to be controlled, period. It's the way it works. And if you give up control, then it's just whoever's you're watching is going to create your reality because reality is what we think it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, and this is a fascinating point to me, is the difference that the Internet made. Okay, so we know that, you know, mainstream media, corporate media um, is a propaganda machine. It's, you know, corporate media um, is the puppeteers. And then there's the, the Internet and this huge variety of alternate sources. Now, we know very well that all of those alternative media sources are also infiltrated and co-opted and used as disinformation sources. It's like, let's feed the people like 90% of what we know. They already dig. They already believe, oh, David Wilcock is full of wonderful spiritual information and he's a whistleblower. And his, and then we're going to feed David the crucial poisonous 5 to 10% of toxic disinformation that we need to get out there in order to brainwash people. So, you know, the discernment level got, has to kick up even higher for us. Because, you know, we just go, oh, you know, this is, no, this is, you know, the wonderful um, enlightened sources. And, oh, it's the QAnon source or it's the Ascension source. Or it's like, well, you know, just stop and breathe and think and look again. Because, believe me, you know, I'll, the, the more subscribers, you know, that like a YouTube channel has, the, the more hits it gets, be suspicious because you know they they mess with the numbers and they want i mean you know carrie cassidy our friend carrie very brave woman who's done amazing work over these last you know whatever it is 13 years now and she's shared that early on when she and bill ryan founded project camelot as a whistleblower site and they started to be successful they were approached by langley they were approached by cia and said, hey, we love what you're doing. We'd, you know, we'd like to help you. <laughs> help you, you know, and, and you can be profitable and you can be successful and you can expose all this stuff. And, you know, you'll just need to be guided by us and fed by us with the stuff that needs to get out there. And so, of course, they said no. And they ended up, you know, get, getting amazing stuff out there, but struggling, being attacked, being undermined. You know, Carrie believes she was attacked with scalar weapons. And she continues to maintain like a quarter million subscribers. So are the people that the whistleblowers coming to her, are they disinformation sources? Carrie knows that's a risk. Have they been compromised without their own knowledge? They're sincere, but they're feeding her, you know, corp they're feeding her CIA BS or, you know, some other faction within a faction of a rogue agency controlled by the cabal. She knows that risk. And you know, it happens a lot with all of these, you know, from, from Alex Jones to Carrie Cassidy and God forbid, you know, to Michael Dunn and Nancy Hopkins. Hopefully we're able to not, you know, fall prey to this. But this is what the, to me, this is what this guy is describing, you know, to have so much misinformation out there that nobody knows what to believe anymore. And we just sit back and eat our popcorn as the world goes to hell in a handbasket along with our, our freedom and our sovereign status as, as children of God. So, um, yeah, meditate and pray for guidance and use your heads and, you know, don't buy, you know, the radical end of either side. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, it's tricky. Well, I'm, 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 I, I, I've picked my side. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely picked my side. Um, I believe that the, president and the patriots are are absolutely in control 
It's just a matter of unwinding it. Uh-huh. Um, we could play this this one little blurb. And I, the reason I want to play this one is because it's Simon Parks. And, and you know, we've talked about Simon. Um, I've had issues over with Simon, but, you know, not big issues. It was timing issues. I've always felt that he was one of the most honest and very loving people that it was in the business. And right now, he's just on track. I tell people, go to Simon Parks, spelled P-A-R-K-E-S, dot org, and get the updates that he's been doing. Because um, I felt he was dead on, and then he got with... um, uh, 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 Charlie Charlie Ward and David uh, Robert David uh, Steele, and that's what I want to play you. This was like on the seventh, and if you want to know why I would play this, it's because if everything they, else that they've been saying is true, and this is I mean they've done many many more reports since this particular one, but if if what they're saying in, in there is true. And what they said later is true. They have been tapped to create a a roundtable so that when everything is put out there and the people are uh, told the truth, there's going to be a roundtable, and they will be on that presenting the the story as they know the story to be. So, you know, again, with your permission, it's another 10 minutes, but I think think it'll... it'll, Let me put it this way. I'm presenting the side that I believe is in charge, okay? The white hats, we call them, the patriots, the oath takers, that these are the people that um, all three of these people are communicating with. So here we go. Okay, sure, let's hear it. You two, I think, are particularly relevant to understanding three questions I'm going to ask each of you in a rapid-fire round. The three questions are, what happened yesterday? What's going to happen between now and the 28th? You get three minutes each for each of those. And then I'm going to ask you a third question, one-word answer, who will be inaugurated on the 29th? Charlie Ward, you go first. What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday was one of the most beautifully planned traps you could ever imagine. Uh, It was set on purpose for a number of reasons. Um, They needed certain parts of the puzzle that because there there was a change in the dynamic. They knew um, that the corruption had been funded by Soros, Gates, um, Obama, um, by a number of people that were corrupt. They knew the Clinton Foundation. They they knew where it was, but they actually wanted to find out exactly where it came from. And it turns out it had come from none other than the Vatican. Um, So they set the trap for this beautifully, but they wanted to find the the trail of it. And um, I'm sort of half stealing Simon's thunder because he confirmed what I was going to say anyway. And what I'll do is I'll let Simon go on to that part because he knows the full detail. But the trap was set, they fell into it. The other trap that was set yesterday, which was an absolute peach, was when they stormed Capitol Hill. When they went in there... Of course, the, all of Trump's supporters were peaceful, and they were pu- pushing, pushing, pushing. But they were, they were, there were, there was a, a group of Antifa people that came in there, but also there was a group of 
very active Trump supporters that whilst in the building managed to seize a number of laptops from within the building, which have a boatload of evidence. Um, Nancy Pelosi was in such a hurry, she left hers behind. Um, so very, uh, there's, a, there's a very grateful Donald Trump right now, uh, along with his team, that have got a, they've got about a dozen laptops that were just left on the desk. That's amazing. Let's stop there. I will interject one thing. I heard from a source that the George Soto's uh, raid on the Bank of England was yep. a contrived black operation intended to fully fund Sotos as an agent of the crown in the yes. color revolutions and culture Marxism. So not only do I consider George Sotos a traitor to the United States of America, but I consider the United Kingdom to be directly behind all of this at the highest levels. And Simon and I have agreed that 90% of everybody in MI6, and I love him to death, is a good person trapped in a bad system. All right, Simon, three minutes to you. What happened yesterday? And if you can condense your 27-minute thing in three minutes, that's great, because I have honored it by making it the top item in today's post. Right, fine. <laughs> three minutes. Uh, the important point I remember was that the uh, same team that erected in California over a major road in California a massive signpost saying Trump are the same team that constructed a wooden cross and carried that across. So there were special operations teams, uh, as Charlie says, that were uh, put in there not to cause violence, but to, to seek to gain information because these laptops that the Dems have are given to them and they are all uh, the same. They're all the same with their own code number in them. Um, that was that was what that was. And in fact, even on Nancy Pelosi's office door, there was writing scrawled on there. So there was a lot of distraction there. I'm not 100 percent sure myself that those people who were killed uh, were killed and whether they were, whether it was a black hat operation or a white operation. There's a lot going on. Um, the the. The whole problem on Christmas Day was the understanding that the Italian government, using a number of satellites named after Leonardo da Vinci, uh, but were leased or are leased to the Vatican. So in other words, they come under the umbrella of um, Italy, but they're really run by the Vatican. This was the method by which encrypted information in real time was moving stuff across the globe. That's how they did it. And the difficulty is that Italy is a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Now, for people who are not understanding it, it's almost impossible to conceive of, a, of, a, of an ally doing this. So it changed the game completely. If it was Russia or China, it doesn't matter. But this is um, a, a government that the, the Italian government could fall. This could bring them down. It's also to do with, with the banking and, and that. So everything Charlie said, I totally agree with. Um, and the operation last night also, actually, I would just add, uh, Charlie, every legal option had to be tried, every legal thing, so that nobody could turn around and say to Trump, well, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Um, and I know that Trump then went to Texas to one of the uh, command posts. And I can tell you that what time is it now? Five o'clock hour time for the last five or six hours. There has been uh, uh, an incommunicado meeting in that base to decide what's going to happen. 
Well, that, that leads to the next question, but let me also interject. Charlie's won his bet. Um, at one o'clock, I'm interviewing Cynthia McKinney to discuss this having been a NATO Gladio covert operation, fully funded by the United Kingdom uh, and with the complicity of Germany and France. Uh, this is a huge, huge thing. And the military industrial complex is the one using NATO as a front to take down the president. At least that's what I think Cynthia is going to say. All right, here's my second question. This time we'll reverse it and we'll ask Simon to answer first in three minutes. What's going to happen between now and the 20, 20th of January? If, if the people, the same people that convinced Trump to stand as president, if they are as good as their word and they don't betray him, then there will be an executive order, there will be martial law, there will be arrests, and President Trump will be reset for another four years. I did that within three minutes. Yes, you did. And I tell people, let me say to everybody, I worship these two guys in a manly way. Uh, and you absolutely should be following them, and you should also be embedding their bit shoots, not their YouTubes, because the YouTubes are going to go great one day. The bit shoot, where the CEO is my personal friend, we may build Web 3.0 around BitChute. If people are looking for a place to invest money, that's the place to go. So, Charlie, then last word to you. Simon has revealed his answer to my third question. So the last three minutes to you, and then we'll close. Well, very, very simply, Donald Trump has four aces in his pack, and he still has most of his pitch cards that he hasn't played. He hasn't needed to. And when, when I talk about the four aces in his pack, he's got the Insurrection Act, if he needs it. He's got the military. He's also got what people have overlooked is, is the fact that the, the war was started, which is a biological warfare. That's a crime against humanity. So he has got many, many things that routes that he could go. That's why he's taking time out today uh, with his team to work out which is the best way. And he'll be sat with his team. He's got he's probably got four or five or six options of ace cards on his in, in his hand, and he doesn't know quite which one to play, and he's torturing them. Um, the one thing that that will become public knowledge that has not yet become public knowledge is the amount of blackmail involved with the politicians who've been blackmailed with with paedophilia and crimes against humanity. That that's something that will come out in the next twenty days, within the next twenty days, um, because there's there are people there that probably want to do the right thing, but haven't got the bottle to, or the bollocks to, for the want of a better word. Let me just point out to you guys that we just published book number four in the Pedophilia and Empire, Satan, Sodomy, and the Deep State series. It's all free online at pedoempire.org with a tag cloud that names names. And yep. volume four, which was published today by design, is about North America. Yeah. I never planned it this way, but this is one of the president's aces. We're going to make a movie. Let me end by just saying God bless both of you. I think the world is a better place for having you both in it, and I'm honored to know you. At least there's two good people in England. I, I, thank you. I, the, problems, the problems is more in MI6 than MI5. Correct. That's, that's, that's my view. Listen, it's been fan, fantastic to speak to both of you. It's great. Good. And, and tell your buddies in MI5, I don't want them framing any more citizens for murder. 
Okay. Chris Fogarty and what they did to him has pissed me off. I don't want to see that again. But I do love the English. I go back to the 17th century in England. I want both my countries back. All right. Out here. Okay. So what was your thoughts on that? Okay. Well, uh, so that was taped on the, the, the day after the Capitol assault? Correct. Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, my honest take on that is that, um, okay, a week has gone by. And um, they're talking about Trump invoking the Insurrection Act and that he has the military. Well, the, the chairmen of the Joint Chiefs of, that mean the, the Joint Chiefs, the head of all the military branches, as you may know, Nancy, you know, came out with a letter um, condemning the attack on the Capitol and calling on all troops to, and they called it sedition, and you know, calling on all troops to be in readiness to defend um, the Constitution and and the Capitol. So that certainly does not, you know, appear that Trump has the military in his pocket. The Insurrection Act is, you know, much more likely to be invoked by the Biden administration um, if the attacks on the 50 state capitals that are being talked about, if, if those go forward and, you know, Biden's inaugurated on the 20th and assumes constitutional power as president and as commander in chief, you know, the Insurrection Act and the crackdown is much more likely to happen you know, under that scenario than the dwindling power that our current president has given, you know, is, you know, Simon says here, well, you know, if he's not deserted by the people who are in the positions, you know, well, he has been, in my view. And so, the, you know, what I'm concerned about, Nancy, is that anti-5G activists, vaccine awareness activists, you know, and, and all of us who have been doing all this work, we are going to be swept up in the crackdown in the wake of, you know, these these armed marches that are being, you know, talked about. Now, whether that's another PSYOP, whether that's another, you know, Antifa thing to just, you know, make the whole movement look like terrorists, I'm not prepared to say. It could be either one, probably both. Um, But, you know, all of us, regardless of your political stripe or whether, you know, you were a QAnon person or a Trump person or, you know, somebody who said, hey, it's all a puppeteer brainwashing game to keep us at each other's throats, which is my view, we're all going to be swept up in this and classified as domestic terrorists because we are anti-vaccine, because we are anti-5G. They are tagging us with that, you know, and even if you're new age now, I mean, mainstream media is carrying stuff to say, well, you know, the new age movement has been co-opted by the QAnons, who, of course, are domestic terrorists. So all of us who've just been, you know, trying to wake people up and trying to overturn the agenda to make us claw at each other's throats and unite and not buy into this red, blue, right, left, Trump, Biden scenario, you know, which there are plenty of sites on the alternative media, online, on Internet that are, you know, just true believers of QAnon or Trump or, you know, a restore the republic, you know, these sites 
are also infiltrated, just like CNN, are also disinformation, just like MSNBC. You know, we've got to carry that awareness with us. Or we're just going to be drawn into, you know, a, an even worse scenario. Because what I'm seeing is that the scenario these guys were painting a week ago isn't happening. The scenario that is happening is, you know, the violence that is likely to erupt between now and the inauguration and probably in the days following is going to be the excuse for a crackdown on all of us. And that is not going to inaugurate Trump and it's not going to save the kids and it's not going to stop the vaccine rollout. It's going to exacerbate it and give them the excuse to do it all under the color of martial law under a Biden administration. That's my concern. It's what I see happening. And I, you know, these guys, hey, they're good guys we just listened to, you know, but it's not happening. The scenario they describe is not happening. And, you know, his, you know, his cabinet's resigning, the Joint Chiefs are saying, no way, buddy. And, you know, Republicans are voting for impeachment. It is not happening. So uh, we will find out, you know. Within a few turns of the sun, of the earth around the sun, we'll find okay, out. Okay, so you've just spent, I don't know how long, you know, confirming what the agenda would be if the dark side wins. I'm here to tell you, and I'm not going to get into the details because I've been talking on other radio stations about what is actually happening. And you're not listening to my show, so you have no clue as to what I've been telling people. If you want to know about it, go to CosmicReality.com, click on the radio, put the, drop the list down under Radio tab, and you'll see archives. You can go to the archives. You can find out exactly what I've been saying. We're also on podcasts, as, as this show will be. I don't know that it'll be up on YouTube. Um, still trying to figure that one out. But um, things are happening. Many, 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 many things are happening. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you're not enjoying the show. You don't want the popcorn because you think that this awful thing is going to happen. And I'm not going to dispute the fact that that would be a timeline. And I can say, point out to you, that you put a lot of energy and emotion into creating that timeline. And creating fear and, oh, my God, we're all doomed because, you know, that's what that's what came off. Came off. I'm just telling you. Know, you. I, okay. I let you speak. Don't please give me a moment okay. here. Okay. Okay. All right. There is sure. much more to the story. It's so what I why I played that wasn't to send you off into this tizzy. It was because I wanted people to understand that this is a worldwide event. The dark side was not just in the United States. The pedophilia is a global thing. The trafficking, a global thing. Slavery, global thing. Mind control, global thing. This is a global thing. And so that's why it's, it's, it's seemingly taking so long. It's because there's so many things that needed to be put into position. When Trump first got into to office, he was about to arrest all sorts of people for the pedophilia rings. And he was, he was told by the, the, the patriots that, well, yeah, but you can't do that because 80% of the Congress would have to be arrested. He said, you know, you, you stop that you would stop the country. And so for the last four years, <clears throat> they've been preparing. They actually have people already up in snuff about what they need to do to be senators and congresspeople. 
Now, that, first off, you know, it's a return to the republic. Okay, it's it's destroying the co the corporation that's been in control of us. This is this is what they're trying to do. They want to restore the republic, but in restoring the republic, they are going to have to do things in an interim way to hold up the country. So they've got these people that are you know trained at what they need to do that will step in to cover this until there can be a legitimate election and you know get back into track here. But that's that's what the end game is. But the the it's it's like an octopus that's all over the world, and so you got you know you got Italy involved, and you've got the Vatican involved. Well, the Vatican is is involved because the Vatican, London, the city of London, and Washington D.C. are the three points of power on the planet. So I mean, it's just such an amazing story that if you you know you you look at the Knight Templar story and you do amazing worth work with Maya, but the fact of the matter is is you're losing the story if you would just sit back and look at go listen to to, to simon and david and you know i mean robert and you just and and charlie and just listen to them because these guys are connected to the inside like charlie says he says well i'm sort of like the th third tier you know i'm like you know in the ranks i'm like a captain of a company and I'm, I'm, I'm knowing that what I'm saying and feeling is the truth. And then on the other side is the metaphysician. I have no doubt that the good side's going to win. Well, I have no doubt either. You know, I mean, I'm not painting a fear scenario when I am concerned, you know, about how this could play out. You know, I'm, I'm looking at on the ground facts that are unfolding. And I'm not talking about buying corporate media versus, you know, um, so-called freedom media or whatever. I'm doing my best, using my discernment to say, okay, I would have loved to have seen Donald Trump at some point within the last two months or whenever, you know, um, do a declass, have other spokesmen stand up with him, do a declassification, reveal the whole thing. Trot out the, you know, a couple hundred thousand sealed indictments, trot out the evidence, you know, video evidence, documentary evidence of the, you know, the, the pedophilia rings, the blackmail, the Epstein, you know, Clinton, uh, on a, all of it, you know, expose it. Um, now, what these guys are saying is, well, he needed to wait until the last minute to be able to pull it off. Well, you know, as a practical matter. His, you know, power is a, as you know, there's constitutional power, and then there's what, the question of whether or not people are going to follow your orders, whether or not your influence is still strong, whether there is sufficient respect for your authority. A lame duck already loses some of that, and then call it an Antifa operation or not, what's gone down in the last, you know, eight days? That power has slipped away from him dramatically. You know, he tries to invoke the Insurrection Act. You think, you know, all of the people whose loyalty he's lost in the last 10 days are going to follow through on that? we got the Joint Chiefs standing up and saying, you know, no, we're not. You know, the military is, is not going that way. And I'm just trying to look at the facts on the ground because I want the same things that all of our listeners want and that everybody who, you know, who has tuned in 
to cosmic reality wants. You know, we all we all want the elite pedophilia rings taken down. We all want the cabal exposed. We all, you know, and I know it's a worldwide thing. I've been studying this for the last, you know, ten years. And um, I mean, we'll see. You know, it's it's like, oh, you know, you're watching a different movie, Michael, and you're not. You know, well, I'm I'm doing my best to watch both movies and use my discernment and intuition to try to understand what's going on. And we'll find out. You know, we'll find out pretty soon. I mean, I think. My good case scenario, you know, my happy ending scenario is that the, you know, the marches on the 50 state capitals don't happen. That whatever, if that's an Antifa operation, that that gets exposed and that, you know, the light begins to work through whoever comes to power in D.C. And more importantly, works through us, works through our listeners, because I think what's likely to happen, decentralization of power. You know, counties, constitutional sheriffs in counties, you know, uh, upholding um, the rule of law and, uh, you know, people taking care of each other. There'll probably be breakaway counties within breakaway states and the power of the center, you know, the federal government is going to be dramatically weakened by the crisis. That's okay. what I see. OK, let, let me go back to the to the one they tried to warn us in 1984. If you understood what they were saying there. You understand, and you can see the pattern that has occurred here. Before you can actually dis diffuse what has happened, you have to disengage them from that narrative, from that reality. You know, because they're being told something, and that's what they think is happening. So, to be able to make a impact at a psychological level that will actually disengage that mind control, he has had to take it, and it's not him, they have had to let this play out. There's legal things that are involved in it. Um, you, can't, you can't say, well, they were gonna, they were, they're going to steal the election, so we've got to have the Insurrection Act. No, you have to let them steal the, in, the election, be able to prove it, and then you can go after them. You have to go through the to, to just engage the Insurrection Act. You have to go through virtually every legal hoop you can because part of engaging the Insurrection Act requires a fact that the court systems were not are not working. Um, so there was all sorts of things that had to be put into play because the president is absolutely dedicated to the Constitution, and that's why. You see a lot of this, and, and, and both sides are playing games. Both sides are presenting information. You know, that's why I say there's, it's, it's unlikely that you can figure it all out if you listen to everybody. But if you listen to these three people, in my opinion, they've got a better grasp on what is happening on the Trump side. Now, you've got a clear picture of what's happening because you've got the mainstream media feeding it. And it's true. It's all happening. But it's the interpretation that you're making of what it means. And my interpretation is different. We're, we've got to re-educate people so that they see that, hey, listen, this is the things that are going to happen if Biden and this new that administration comes in. But listen, we're right down to the last four minutes here. And uh, Okay. So... Um, I just I just want people to realize that, they're, they're, that in my opinion, you know, 
things are going along just dandily. Just relax. Put your well, in, it, put your mind into the to you know yeah this could all turn out fine. This is gonna all turn out fine, and um, don't worry about the details. Nothing you're gonna be able to do about the details and the stuff out there. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Is just you know pop some popcorn, sit back, relax, keep yourself stable. You know, as as long as you work on keeping yourself centered and stable and grounded, you'll go through it easier, and the people around you will go through it easier. I'm totally with you on that. You know, I remember something Reverend Maya, you know, shared with us, which strong message she got during this time is for all of us to um, keep our hearts high and our, our heads bowed. And not bowed in submission to any, you know, worldly faction or entity, but to the divine, to spirit, to God, in a, you know, in devotional trust. So we keep our hearts high. We don't let ourselves buy into fear, and and we trust that, you know, God's will is is unfolding, and we'll do our best to be in tune with it. That's that's what I'm praying. Well, you know, there's 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 that whole concept of, um, you know. Okay, during the Vietnam War, there were like figures of killings of Viet Cong that just didn't make sense. I mean, if you were killing that many Viet Cong, you'd have killed the whole population. And, you know, somebody said something to some government person, and the government person said, Oh, we've got God on our side. Uh huh. And and it's that concept of God on our side. But in this case, you hear um, anybody who is, is. really engaged in in this you know uh, pro-republic you always hear the reference to god because this is the country out of all the countries that ever have been that has a motto under god and there yeah. is a mystical a mystical purpose for the united states to have been created and that's what we've got to look at is that We do have God behind us. We've got God. We're under God. There's something very spiritual and mystical. So believe in miracles. Amen. Yeah. Paramahansa Yogananda actually said exactly the same thing about America. He said, you know, some terrible thing looks like it's happening in America. Don't worry. There is a divine hand guiding this country. Okay, we're out of here. All right. God bless everybody. See you next time. Thank you for listening. May it be. Oh, let it-